Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? So if you would, get your Bibles open to Mark chapter 13. We're looking at this famous discussion, the Olivet Discourse. And the thing about it is, you know, I, I was pondering this and thinking about Jesus. This is a couple days before he's going to go to the cross. He knows where he's headed. And yet he spends all this time with his disciples. And, you know, how many of us, when we're getting ready to go through some, some really challenging event, some surgery, something, anything, anything real challenging, we can't keep our mind off of it. <laughs> you know, we know what's coming, and so often we, it's hard for us to operate in our normal daily lives because our minds are consumed with this event that's coming, with this whatever it might be. But Jesus, facing the cross in just a couple of days, spends all this time just spending it with his disciples, teaching them and telling them of the things to come after he's gone. And I just think I'm so thankful that our Lord did that. But what an incredible testimony. And, and we should remember that. Because as we go through difficult things in life, we need to keep our eyes focused on Jesus and on what he's called us to do, no matter what. And so just a, a little reminder, a tidbit there. But we know that uh, Jesus, in the Olivet Discourse, he had already told us, we looked at this last week, he told his disciples that uh, the destruction of the temple and its complex was going to come. And remember in verse 2, he said that not one stone should be left upon another that shall not be thro- thrown down. And we looked at that last week, how that came literally true. It, it happened exactly how Jesus said it would. And we looked at that. The temple was built with so much gold upon it. And all the surrounding corresponding buildings also had gold trim. And so when the Roman soldiers came in and lit it on fire, which they weren't supposed to do, the stone burned so hot that it melted the gold and seeped down in between the, in the stones. And so we know Jesus' prophecy came true because they were then ordered to remove every stone from its place and remove all that gold. And it was, it was a pretty amazing thing because the disciples couldn't believe that every stone of the temple, that massive complex, was going to be removed. But Jesus' word is always true, (laughs) and he prophesied it. But I also want to remind us that I talked about this last week. As we're looking at this chapter, Mark 13, the corresponding chapters of Luke 21 and Matthew 24, a lot of what's going on here, you see a near and far interpretation of prophecy in in the sense that I talked about how often a prophecy will have some partial fulfillments, some steps, some tears to it. You'll see many partial fulfillments, and then you'll see the ultimate fulfillment. And we're going to see that even in Jesus' language. We looked at it last week. We'll look at it this week. That some of the things he's telling his disciples applied to them in their day to a certain degree. But their ultimate fulfillment will be in the tribulation. And we're going to look at that today. But in verses 9 through 13 last week, we looked at this. Jesus told them and warned them to watch out for yourselves because they're going to deliver you up to councils, beat you in the synagogues, all for his sake. 
And we know that that happened to them during that time period, but this, we know, is actually more applicable, and even it will be fulfilled during the tribulation. The Jewish believers during the tribulation, the new believers in Yeshua, those left behind after the rapture, these same things are going to happen to them. And we know that because of verse 10 last week, we looked at this, where it said, and the gospel must first be preached to all nations. And we looked at the corresponding verse in Revelation 14 that showed us when that will be fulfilled. It will be ultimately fulfilled during the middle of the tribulation, where the gospel will go entirely around the world, helped by angels, by the way, because it'll be, it will be the time of Jacob's trouble. It will be the worst time the world's ever known, and we're going to look at that today. But we looked at that last week, and so today we're going to see a bit more of this near and far aspect with this thing called the abomination of desolation. There have been several times in history where people thought this might be it, but it wasn't the ultimate fulfillment, and so we'll look at that today. So enough of that, I guess. Mark 13, I'm going to read verses 14 through 23. And then we're going to dive in. That's our passage today that we're covering. Starting in verse 14, 14. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing where it ought not, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down into the house, nor enter to take anything out of the house, out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes, But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter, for in those days there will be tribulation such has not been since the beginning of the creation, which God created until this time, nor ever shall be. And unless the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, whom he chose, he shortened the days. Verse 21. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, here he is there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. But take heed, see, I have told you all things beforehand. Let's pray. Lord, as we come before you, Lord, help us to come before your word with a humble heart and with a mind ready to receive your truth. Lord, we know your word is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, it divides between our soul and spirit. Lord, it, it tells us, it shows us, Lord, correction or needs direction. Your word is true. Your word is powerful. We know that it doesn't return void. And God, right now, I, I, just, I pray, Lord, that you pour out your spirit upon each one of us today with an urgency in our hearts to receive your word and to apply it in our lives. Lord, we praise you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so, so last week I told you also this amazing chapter of Mark 13, this Olivet Discourse. It helps when we study out the parallel passages of Luke 21 and Matthew 24, which is something I just want to remind us. Scripture builds on Scripture. Proper hermeneutics, which is easy to say, right? Um, is Scripture interprets Scripture, And so it is a wonderful thing, especially with the Gospels, that we get these different witnesses that correspond. We know that three of these Gospels share the Olivet Discourse, and they give us information um, to fill in the gaps. They never contradict, but we're able to get a lot more information by studying all three passages. And so last week, I explained to you that Peter, James, John, and Andrew came to Jesus, and they asked him a question. But really, that question was a three-part question. And in Matthew 24, we see the breakdown of that question in more detail. This is the question, three parts, that was asked to Jesus. 
Um, Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. These are three crucial things to understand, especially today we'll look at it as well, but especially next week when we look at the second coming of Christ and the rapture of the church. And so it will be important because the first thing he's talking about when they say, tell us these things, when these things will be, what things? Well, he's talking about the destruction of the temple. They want to know when that's going to happen. But then, what will be the sign of your coming? This is talking about the second coming of Christ, not the rapture. These are a little bit out of order, sequential order here. So understand that when we look at this. So what will be the sign of your coming when you return? And third, what is the sign of the end of the age? Now, this is going to be very crucial because we understand, and I won't go into dispensational theology and all that today, but we understand that we're living in the church age, and we know what ends the church age. (laughs) It's an event that's coming soon to a, a theater near you, the rapture of the church. And so that's going to be important. But another thing to keep in mind, so, so many people miss this, is this whole Olivet Discourse is spoken to a Jewish audience for a couple reasons. Number one, <laughs> Jesus was Jewish. If you didn't know, if, you have, if, if that's a shocker to you, well, welcome. We can talk after. But his disciples were Jewish, and he's talking to the generation of Jewish people during that day, but also during the tribulation. This is important. Jesus is talking to Jewish believers during the tribulation for a very big reason. We know the tribulation. We know that seven years is known as the time of Jacob's trouble. The 70th week of Daniel. There is something perfect and beautiful and wonderful and frightening happening in that seven-year period. We know that it was prophesied that God said he had 490 years. Remember, 70 weeks of years, Shabuah in the Hebrew. It means weeks of years. And so God said he had 70 weeks of years, 490 years set aside for Israel. And we know, we've looked at this, 483 of those years, or 69 weeks of years, have already been fulfilled. And we looked at that passage of Scripture that told us at the end of that 69 weeks, Messiah would be cut off, but not for himself. There seems to be a a breaking point, a pause in the action, so to speak. And there was, and we looked at how Jesus rode in to Jerusalem on that donkey on the exact day prophesied, and how this holy week we're looking at The time of his crucifixion is when Messiah would indeed be cut off and a holy pause button was pushed dealing with Israel. And we know there are seven more years allotted Israel. This is going to be crucial today as we study this out. And Romans 11 tells us, it's a beautiful reminder, God is not done with Israel. Don't be arrogant. Don't be boastful, Gentile church. He is not done with Israel. He has blinded them in part, but he is still going to complete what he said he was going to complete. And so I want to also look at this. I want to ask you guys a question. So in that first 483 years, that beautiful time period when God was dealing with Israel, until he pushed the pause button, where was the church? Where was the bride of Christ? Nowhere. She hadn't existed yet. She was a beautiful mystery, according to the Old Testament. She was this beautiful mystery. And now we're living in the church age. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. 
For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.